Is this the right one? <laughs> hey, wasn't that good? Hey, it's good to see you all here. So we're going to have uh, Steven Zyman. How many of you guys know Steven? Yeah. yeah. So we're going to have him come on up and give us a little intro. We're excited to hear what he has to say from the Bible. Praise the Lord. Are we happy to be here? Yeah, come on, praise the Lord. So I got a, a quick word for us uh, this morning, an introduction. Kids, you are dismissed. Have fun, behave. Um, yeah, so this morning, a few things we can talk about. Is um, think about faith today, our faith, right? Um, we're Christians. We live by faith, um, and it's been on my heart, and I think it it could be the theme today um, that we can think about is our faith. Um, but as I open the Bible and read the Word of God for a brief moment, um, this is to encourage you guys um, that you have something very special right now, something very, very special in your heart, and that is your faith. But if you guys have Bibles, let's pray before we start. Heavenly Father, thank you for faith. Thank you for your son Jesus and what he did on the cross and that he, you've came into our, our lives and you've saved us and you're leading us, you're changing us, and you're increasing our faith. Help the Word of God to increase our faith today as we open it up and listen. Give us humility, Lord, and give us just your blessing today. In your precious name, amen. So let's open up. We can start in 1 John chapter 5 if you have your Bibles. Maybe we can put it up there. Um, I'll read just chapters 5, 1 through 5 first. It says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him, who begot also him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For this is the love of God, um, Pardon me, verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Right? Amazing. Our faith. What is faith? What is faith? Um, the Bible defines this in Hebrews 11, verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Maybe we're familiar with that verse. This is the de- how the Bible defines faith. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I believe we all have faith. Rather, I mean, we're in church, we believe God, or we don't believe God. We all have faith in something. Every, everybody in this room, everybody in the world has faith. Um, for example, I mean, if you're sitting in an airport, right, you're waiting to get on your flight, you're looking at the planes, and you're seeing these giant beasts of planes fly with small little wheels, and you're, you, know, you have faith that that plane's going to take off. You're, you, have, you have faith in the, the pilot, that he knows how, what he's doing. He knows how to fly that gigantic plane. 
And you also have faith, I mean, maybe a lot more faith when he's landing. That's always kind of scary if you've ever flown before, you know. Maybe we give a quick prayer before he lands. Um, but, yeah, faith, it's, it's what faith is. And then also, even when we swipe our debit cards, we have faith that the, the, we have money in the bank, hopefully, you know, right? Like, that we have money in the bank and that um, that debit card will go through, Right? We have faith. We don't even think about that. We just kind of swipe the card and we, we have faith that it's going to go through. So everybody has faith. The chair you're sitting in, we didn't think about it when we sat down. We had faith that it was going to hold us. That's faith. And we always have faith in, some, in something. But the difference between that and our faith is our faith is living. We have a God that is alive. He rose from the dead. He's alive and he's living, right? It's not just some vain thing or like some far out thing that's empty it's like actually we have faith in, in a, a person that's alive and breathing and he's on the throne but he's also in our heart amazing um, but an illustration we can give another one is in, in the bible hebrews 11 verse 7 says that noah we know noah he was building the ark right before the flood it says noah was divinely warned of things not yet seen he prepared an ark for the saving of his, of his household, right? By faith, he, had, he built an ark in the midst of everyone against him, saying, you're crazy, you're crazy, what are you doing, you're crazy, you know, against the world, against, against the world system, he had faith that God was going to save his household. Um, and what is the faith does something for us practically, right, as Christians, we have faith, um, and I, I Going back to the, the plane illustration, I also, I've flown before, so I, I have faith that it'll take off because I've done it before. I've experienced this. I've, 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 I've flown in planes before, so I've experienced this. That way my faith is kind of stronger. And I think this is the same thing that we can carry over with our Christian life. We've experienced God. We've, we've tasted the power of God. We've been born of the Spirit. What is this to each and every one of us? Born of the Spirit. Like, what is this? Do we know what that means? Are we able to apply that personally and think of it a time where we've tasted God? Right? What is our faith rooted in? It's in Christ. Christ is our, is our foundation. Um, I believe that Christ will save me out of my affliction now because he has been faithful to do so in, before, in the past. He's faithful. Um, and then Hebrews 11, the substance of things hoped for. This is, what is the substance of our faith? A few points. Um, is the Spirit of God. What is the substance of our faith? It's the Spirit, the Spirit that's in us. We've been born of the Spirit. That's one thing. Truth. We believe that the Bible is true. That, that's another substance that we have. Um, our testimony, right? Our testimony. I mean, we... Praise the Lord for our testament. What has God done? It's the voice of change. That's the substance. The voice of change. God has changed our life. In one way or the other, he's changed our life. That's substance. That's what our faith is in. And Christ did that for us. It's not of our own selves. Yeah, our faith. And let me tell you what it means to be a Christian. Right? It's not what we do. It's who we know. It's not what we do, it's who we know. That's the substance of our faith. If Jesus is the foundation of our faith, um, Jehovah, the covenant-keeping God, 
which translates God saves. We've been saved. God saves. And once you know him, you will always know him. This is our faith, that we know God. Um, so just to reiterate before I close and end, um, 1 John 5, 9, this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. In my heart, I don't say, this is what Billy Graham said, so we, it's Franklin Graham's day, so I, I figured I'd put a little thing from him in there. He said, as he's preaching about faith, he says, in my heart, I don't say, I think or I hope, I say, I know, I know God. I don't think or I hope, but I know God. This is beautiful. Praise the Lord that we know God. This is what we can be thinking about. Our faith, it has overcome. Um, a few things to increase our faith is the word of God, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Um, Our faith has given us the ability, the ability to overcome the world. All the things that are thrown at us, it's our faith. Our faith in the Son of God, right? The firm foundation, it's what God has given us. And it's, he's given you that special thing. Amen? Amen. That's it. All right, guys. Hey, let's uh, stand up and change position a little bit and uh, find somebody next to you and say hi. I gotta yell at somebody. Where's Cody? <laughs> huh? I can't hear you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> sun is kind of coming out here. Yeah. Hope it comes out eventually. No, we don't want the sun. And wait till after church so we don't get blinded. Hey, it's good to be, be here. Uh, thanks, thanks, Stephen. Great word about faith. You guys have faith? Maybe. Yeah, Matthew 13. A little bit of faith does a lot. So don't worry about how much you have. Just worry about where you place it. So we're placing it in, you know, Jesus, right? In Jehovah, Yahweh, all the names that God has, we're putting it into our Savior. And we're so thankful. Uh, I'm thankful for you guys. You guys are awesome. Thanks for being here.
Let's open our Bibles today to Genesis chapter 3. And uh, this morning in Baltimore, I had an opportunity to speak, and we spoke about uh, we spoke about God speaking. And if I were to ask you a question, how many of you think, maybe not audibly, but how many of you think that you've been led by God or or heard the voice of God? Think it's happened before? Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it amazing? It's really something special. And it's a, and the thing that I was like thinking about a little bit is like why. Why does this have to be so strange, right? Like, do you, do you think, and this is like what I mean, do you think, like, hearing the voice of God could be normal? Wouldn't that be amazing? And I think, actually, in the, we're going to see in the Bible how God is speaking to us often, and it is very normal for us to be led by him, to hear him, to receive guidance, to have answered prayers, like the life that we live as believers sometimes uh, is not filled with God, uh, but often we're going to see that it really is. So let's turn to Genesis chapter 3. Uh, let me see what verse, I think verse, verse 8. And is this word, okay, this Hebrew word is called hearing, right? We talked about this several weeks ago about hearing God. And it's used here in Genesis 3, and he says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. That's a good verse, isn't it? Amen? (laughs) No, it's actually not a good verse. I mean, it is a good verse because it's in the Bible. Uh, But it's a little discouraging, isn't it? Because here's Adam and Eve. They sin. And what happened is that they hear God's, God's footsteps in the garden, and they run and hide from God. And oftentimes, I mean, like here's the reality, is oftentimes we are like that. You know, talking a little bit about like what does it mean to be in church, and sometimes in church, you hear God speak to you, and you might not like it because it brings conviction. It, bring, you know, it touches the sore spots in your heart. You know, whatever it does, you might not like it, so the easiest thing is to do is to run. It's amazing that in the United States that I think they say like 80% of Americans are Christians. Yet when we look at our society and our culture, how could you ever say such a thing? Well, we say such a thing because people actually aren't Christians. They, they don't hear the voice of God, and when they do, they run. But I want to encourage us today that we don't have to run. But listen to this. It says, Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? I love the fact that God is asking rhetorical questions. Because do you think God needed to know where Adam was? Probably not. (laughs) Here is Adam hiding And here is the voice of God, and he is saying, where are you? And the reason why God asks the question is to give Adam the opportunity to answer. It wasn't for God's own sake, but it was for Adam's sake for him to answer. And here is verse 10. It says, and he said, I heard your voice in the garden. That's Now, the the heard in verse 8 is different than the one that is used in verse 10. And listen to it. He says, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid 
because I was naked and I hid myself. Now, the thing that I want to focus on here is that it says that Adam heard the voice of God. This Hebrew word for heard, it means that he hears with his ear, that he heeds to the voice of God. He understands the voice of God, and then he obeys the voice of God. So all four of those things means one simple thing in the Hebrew, means heard. And actually, oftentimes when you're flipping through the Old Testament, this Hebrew word that's translated here as heard also means very simply, it's translated also as obeyed. Referring to Abraham when he goes to offer Isaac as a sacrifice, it says that he obeyed the Lord. It's that same Hebrew word for us hearing. And it's so interesting here because in Genesis chapter 3, verse 10, did Adam hear God's voice? Yes. Did he heed to God's voice? Yes, because he answered the call. He said, here I am. I'm afraid. Did he understand the voice of God? Yes, he understood. He understood his condition. But did he obey the voice of God? See, one, two, three, and oops. (laughs) He had three but was missing one. And as we are thinking about this, and we read in Romans chapter 1, it says that God has given us over to our own, I mean, very paraphrasing here, that God has given us over to our own sin, meaning that we have sinned. I'm not pointing my finger at anybody here and saying that you are sinful, terrible people, but the very fact is simple that we have a sinful nature. And because of our sinful nature, what does it do? It causes us to not hear the voice of God. Is God's voice there? The answer is yes. Now, I want to turn to the passage that we were at this morning. It's Matthew chapter 13. So what stops us from hearing the voice of God? We could say from what we're saying here, it is sin. Our sinful nature. There's maybe no practicing sin in your life, or maybe there is. But these things stop us from hearing the voice of God. Now we have that in our mind, and then we have Genesis, I mean Matthew 13, verses 34 through 35. And it says, all these things... Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables, and without a parable he did not speak to them, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things kept secrets from the foundations of the world. Now, why would there be something kept secret from from us? I mean, we are believers, we are Christians, we are following God. But here, the, you know, Jesus is saying and the prophet is saying, Asaph, also uh, Isaiah says it a little earlier, uh, why are there things that are kept secret from us? Well, we've already said it. It's because that we have an old sin nature. We have a sinful nature. And sometimes the things of God are kept from us. I mean, the Bible says these things over and over again. It says that the natural man cannot comprehend the things of God. 
It also says that the Spirit speaks to the spirits. Like the Holy Spirit is speaking to our spirits and making known God's will. It says in John, it says that my sheep hear my voice and they will follow me. As you go over and over and over again throughout the entire Bible and you follow this idea of this Hebrew word to, be, to hear God's voice, you find out the reason why things are kept from us is because of the old sin nature. So what is the solution? I mean, this, this passage, this chapter is interesting because, I mean, he, he mentions four different parables before this verse. Parable of the sower, parable of the wheat and tares, parable of the mustard seed, the parable of the leavened bread. Leaven bread. All these parables are mentioned before Matthew 34 and 35, those verses. And then after those verses, he continues to mention, I think, four or five more parables of what the kingdom of God is like. And, and here's the interesting thing that I found so interesting in reading this passage, is that the disciples were sitting there, and they asked the question, what do these things mean? <laughs> So this is, the, this is what I want, this is like the point, that here are the disciples, the ones that have followed Jesus, they're the ones that have sacrificed their jobs, they're the ones that are sleeping out in tents, out in fields, they're the ones that are, are serving the poor, they're the ones that are traveling with Jesus, they're the ones that have given everything up, they're the ones who sit around the fire at night and talk to Jesus, wake up in the morning, have scrambled eggs with Jesus. I mean, their whole life is with Jesus. Now for us, like how much Jesus do we get? We come to church on Sunday. Maybe some of us, you know, come a couple other times a week or we listen to a podcast or we open our Bible. But we're not every single moment of the, of the day with Jesus. And here are these men. They are every single moment of the day with Jesus and they ask the question, what are you talking about, God? What are you talking I don't understand I do not understand. And the reason why that is so important for us because it is so easy for us in this life to get so consumed with our daily needs, to get consumed with our daily problems, and then we try to hear the voice of God, and then we don't. We feel like we don't. Or we hear the voice of God, and then we don't understand what He is saying. We open the Bible and we are like, oh, I'm going to read the Bible today. I, want, I, need, I need a word of encouragement. So we open the Bible and we read it, but we don't understand what it says. And it is so easy for us to condemn ourselves and beat ourselves up and say, if I, could only, if I was only more spiritual. Ever say that? <laughs> I mean, I think we all have, all right? I mean, I've said it. If I was more spiritual than, you know, fill in the blank. You know, I would understand the verse. I would be a better singer. You know, maybe God would give me a better job. You know, I mean, we could fill in the blank if I was only more spiritual. Do you think our spirituality has anything to do with hearing the voice of God? What do you think? No? Yeah. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I mean, let's, earlier in the passage, verses, uh, Matthew 13, verses 14 and 15, this is interesting. We're going to kind of follow this. It doesn't have anything to do with spirituality. 
It has something else. But it says, this fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, this is why Jesus is speaking in parables. When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened. There it is right there. The hearts of these people are hardened. And, they, and they, their hearers cannot hear. And they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear. What, what's the problem? Is it because they're not spiritual? We're talking about a group of people who their job was to be religious. I mean, they had the tassels, they had the little box tied to their forehead, they had the garments, they, 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 everything they did was so particular to the Jewish law that it screamed out the Bible. I mean, if you read Leviticus and all these religious laws the Jews had, they weren't just to be rules. They were there to point their finger towards the Holy One, to point their finger towards God. It was designed to direct them. So every time they did it, it was designed to direct them towards God. But it says here that their hearts were hardened. And in verse 15, it says, Because they were hardened, their hearts cannot understand. Meaning that, that Hebrew word, they cannot hear. They cannot turn to me and let me heal them. Here's an entire group of people. Their entire uh, religious organization is designed to point their finger to God, yet they cannot find him. They cannot see him. They cannot hear him. So it has nothing to do with being spiritual or, or not, but it has a condition, has to do with the condition of their heart. And that, you know, guys, is the most important thing. When we come here, what is the condition of our hearts? I mean, we could come into this place with all kinds of stuff, right? And is, let me ask you another question, is that wrong? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Because sometimes it's the stuff that keeps me humble. It's the stuff that brings me to God. It's the stuff that keeps my heart from being hardened. You know, we can come with all kinds of stuff, but we, and we are broken and we are weak and we are far from God, yet in that condition, God can still speak to me because my heart has not become hard. In verse 35, he says, I will utter... Matthew 13, 35, he says, I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. See, that is such a beautiful statement. It is very simple, but it means two things. It means, number one, it means that God speaks out in public what was once a mystery. God is speaking things that were once a mystery. And number two, here is the most amazing thing, is that he's speaking those mysteries to us. The mysteries that God is speaking, he is speaking to them to us. If we will hear him. Meaning that if we are in a place in our hearts where we are allowing the word of God to come in and, and speak to us. But if we are not, 
Actually, let's turn to Psalm chapter 78, because this is the prophet that Jesus is referring to here. It's Asaph. That would have been a good Bible trivia question for you, Stephen. Was Asaph a prophet? The answer now you would know would be yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Psalm 78, uh, verse 7. It says that, that they might... Okay, let's start in verse 6. That the generation to come might know them, the children whom would be born, that they might arise and declare them to their children. Speaking of the laws of God, right? Fathers, it says here in verse 5, is speaking to the children the words and the commandments of God so that way their children can know them. And actually this is a, a direct reference to the, the escape from Egypt and all the statutes and uh, the, the um, just drew a blank. All, all the times they worshipped God and they built the little temples and they built their little things and they worshipped God, the sacrifices. They would worship Him. And they would say, what are these things for? They're so that way you might know who God is. And this is interesting because the Bible makes it very clear that this is something that we are to do. We are to make known who God is. Not necessarily first to the world, but to our own family. That was the charge in Deuteronomy. But verse 7, it says that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Meaning that if we hear the voice of God, we realize that he is our hope, and because of that, we do not forget the word of God. But listen to verse 8. This is like going with Matthew 13, verse 15. He says that they may not be like their fathers, stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Look at that connection. It's the same thing that Isaiah is saying, that their hearts were hardened, that they were stubborn and they were rebellious. How does God define stubbornness and rebellion? Not by all the sin, but by one simple thing, not obeying the commandments of God. Not hearing the voice of God. Very simple. Are we hearing the voice of God? And this is what we said this morning. I, I, I love this so much because this is talking about the, the Jews while they're in the wilderness. And the Jews, while they were in the wilderness, they saw miracle after miracle, after miracle, after miracle. Yet it still says that, that they were stubborn and rebellious to God's voice. Isn't that amazing? I mean, how many times have I said, if God would do this, I would believe. Or if God would do this, man, it would encourage my faith and, and I would just be, you know, if God would, and we start praying for God, would you do this and this and this and this, and I'm looking to see the hand of God do all these amazing miracles. The Bible is full of miracles, yet people still did not believe. So the psalmist is saying in Psalm 78, he is saying, 
that if I see the hand of God, it doesn't mean that I will obey his voice. If I see his hand, we could say it this way, if I see him do something amazing in my life, it doesn't mean that I am going to hear his voice. You know, and I just want to encourage us that sometimes we are so fickle in our faith, right? I mean, our faith is based on substance and is based on evidence, but we could be so shallow in our faith where we are, we are running from one miracle to another miracle and to another miracle and to another miracle, and if God were to ever stop doing these miracles, then maybe I would stop believing in God. And the encouragement here from Jesus in Matthew 13 and from Asaph here in, in Psalm 78 is that it is not necessary for us to see God, but it is necessary for us to hear him. Isn't that amazing? Actually, I want to turn to another verse, um, see if I can find it here. I, I wrote it in my notes. Yeah, Luke 11 27. How are you guys doing? I want to encourage us that God is speaking and we can hear him. Luke 11, 27. And it happened that as he spoke these things, what things is he, I mean, look at, Verse 11, there's a prayer. Friend comes at midnight. There's knocking. Uh, house divided, cannot stand. He's speaking. Then there's this unclean spirit. And so he's saying all these amazing things and doing all these amazing things. Then verse 27, it says, And it happened that as he spoke these things, a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts which nursed you. Meaning like you are blessed, like the person that gave birth to you is blessed. Why? Because of all the amazing things that you have done. Well, listen to what Jesus says. This is amazing. He says, but he said, more than that, blessed are those who hear. It's the same idea that we were talking about with that Hebrew word, that hear the word of God and they keep it. Blessed are those, and forget about the latter part because it can all be summed up in one. Blessed are those that hear God's voice. Because remember, the idea of hearing, it also means that we heed to it, we understand it, and then we obey it. So we are hearing intellectually, we are understanding intellectually, but then we give it place. That's that word heed. We give it place in our life, and then we apply what God is saying. There are so many things that God has said, but I have not heard them. But here he's saying, blessed are those who hear the word of God. Why? Because he's speaking things that have not been uttered since the foundation of the world. They have not been uttered since the dark days, it says in Psalm 78. 
That, let's read that quote. We're going to turn back. Turning in our Bibles. Making Kevin work hard. See how fast he can type. Psalm 78, verse 1. He says, Give ear, O my people, to the law. Incline your ears and give uh, to the words of my mouth. There's an exhortation right there that he is saying. He's saying, number one, you give, give, give my, your ear to me because I have something to say. Incline. It's almost like he's saying the same thing twice to emphasize, but each one of those Hebrew words means something different. But the idea here is, is that we are paying so close attention to what God is saying that we are almost like stretching out. So any of you ever as a child like snuck in your parents' room and were near the door and trying to hear what they were talking about? Or would sneak down the stairs and kind of just sitting there listening to see what they were watching on TV? Like we, we would do this as children. And God is saying kind of the same thing that we, as children of God, we need to be so attentive to his voice that we are stretching out our ear. That way we might hear what he has to say to us. Because God has something to say to us. Verse 2 says, I will open my mouth in a parable, and I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and we have known. See, this is amazing because he goes the next level. He says, because we have heard, we also have seen the hand of God. See, we always think that if we see, then I will believe. But God is saying here first that I have to hear, which includes the idea, we're going to keep saying it, of obedience. I hear and I obey and I take heed to what God is saying, and then I also see the hand of God. I mean, sometimes I've been so irritated by some people that are so spiritual, like, oh, look at this beautiful flower over there. Isn't God, you know, like, God is so amazing. And they start talking about how the presence of God is there. I'm like, what are you talking about? I remember, <laughs> remember this one, like, we were, it was like a sewage. And there's this one flower, and they're sitting there talking about the presence of God. Like, what, what is wrong with you? What is, why, how are you seeing that, number one? And can't you just be angry for once and say this is terrible and ugly? Yes, there's one flower, but look at all that disgustingness. But no, why? And I, I, you know, I, now you know, that I'm older, <laughs> but now that I have learned something, right, I understand that she was hearing the voice of God. And then as she heard the voice of God, she was able to go to different places and see the hand of God. See, as believers, sometimes we are so devoid of God's action because we are so void of his speaking. Like we, we are not hearing him. But the point that is happening is that God is not silence. God isn't whispering sweet nothings into the air and hoping that something falls and hits one of his children. No, he is directly speaking to every one of us. He is directly speaking to every one of us. And we see that here in these verses, that God speaks. God is speaking, and he is saying something to us as his children, and he wants us to listen. 
Now, how can we hear the voice of God? It's a good question. You know, um, how many hours of podcasts are listened to in a day? You know, it's interesting to ask these questions. Uh, I was talking to one guy, I think and he was saying like he listens to nine hours of podcasts a day. Yeah. I mean, and he's not listening, but it's on, right? Or how about, I mean, so, some old, you know, people like maybe they have their TV on just for background noise. Their TV is on. And what are they, they're, they're, oh, this is on. They're hearing it. These things are happening. But the thing is, is like we are, we are so bombarded with the voice, with another voice, that we don't hear the voice of God. And I was thinking of this the other day. If I want to hear God's voice, what do I have to do? And I think number one is that I have to be in a place where God's voice is. Where can I hear the voice of God? And I want to find myself being there. Because if I'm not there, then I'm not, definitely not going to hear his voice. You know, how many times out of frustration have I wanted to hear God's voice and I don't hear it, so I stay home until I hear God's voice? Because God isn't there. He is in church. He is in, you know, the, the burger nights, you know. Is God's voice at the burger night, Adam? I hope so. Yeah, I think it is. From what I've heard, it is. You know, is God's voice on, you know, on outreach at the coffee shop yesterday? Was God's voice there? I think it was. How can I say these things? Well, it's because of his written word is almost always open in our midst. That's the other thing, is that we want to put ourselves in a place where God's voice is. And number two, we want to be in a place where his Bible is opened. Because we don't need to hear man's philosophy. We don't need to hear man's ideas, but we need to hear the voice of God. So we find ourselves in a place where his Bible is open. And that's why, you know, you'll see Stephen when he, he's leading the outreach group on Saturday. And at gravel and grind and all kinds of weirdness is happening around us. There is an open Bible there. So we can expect to hear God's voice. The burger night, an open Bible is there. We can expect to hear God's voice. You know, at Calvin and Morgan's house on the 20th, we can expect to hear God's voice because there will be Bibles there. Then they'll be open. And there will be people singing the word of God and speaking the word of God. You know, this is like the life of God. God is speaking. So we need to be in a place where his voice is. And we need to be in a place where his Bible is open. And the first thing that we started off, and the most important, is that when we're in those places, we need to have a heart that is directed towards hearing his voice. Don't harden your heart towards him. There are so many reasons that we could harden our hearts, aren't there? Yeah, I mean, life can be difficult, and that causes us to harden our hearts. Um, people can disappoint us. That causes us to harden our hearts. Our expectations are not met. That causes us to harden our hearts. I mean, on and on we could go with different things that cause us to harden our hearts. But do you know what? When that happens, it keeps me not only from hearing God's voice, but it also keeps me from being healed by God. It keeps me from being healed by God. So today, I just want to encourage us that as we 
live our lives and in our daily routine begin to exercise your ears. Just like as a child, you were, you know, reaching around the corner and trying to hear what was being talked about, we want to do the same thing with God. And a very simple thing you could do, you could say, God, do you have something to say to me today? It didn't take long to say that, did it? Five seconds, God, do you have something to say to me today? Or when you're frustrated at work, take 30 seconds, step aside. I mean, everybody else takes smoke breaks. In this break, you could take a 10, 30-second break and say, hey, God, I need to hear your voice. And do that. And you'll be surprised at how God speaks to you because God does speak to you. I mean, he, he's not like speaking to me and me alone. We're not here because God is speaking to only me. You know, the, the purpose of, of a pastor, the purpose of teachers in a church is for us to learn to hear God's voice. In a message like today, I mean, you could hear his voice and you could learn something that maybe I never even really said or I never even meant to make it a big deal, but that's how God spoke to you because he's speaking to you. Why is that happening? Because God speaks to you also. Yeah, of course God speaks to me and we want to be led by our messages. Every time we get up here, we come up here with fear and trembling, right, Gary? You know, sweaty palms and, you know, and shaking knees because this is the word of God. This is, like, in one hand, this is serious. But the same hand, like, so we, we want the word of God. Yes, we, we, we pray for that. But it also has to do with you. Are you here with a humbled heart? Are you here ready to receive? Are you here in brokenness, wanting to hear the voice? Are you here in faith? Are you here? <laughs> yes. We are here, and we are here with anticipation to hear the voice of God because we know that he speaks to us. You know what? When you come here with that kind of anticipation, you know what happens? You hear his voice. You hear his voice. And when there's like five people like that, you're going to find that hearing God's voice becomes contagious. It, it, you know, I, I've preached in a lot of different kind of, kind of environments. <laughs> and I've preached in some places where it's like as soon as you speak the Bible, it's like, it's like a dive bomb. It just, it just falls flat on the ground. So you almost hear the splat. You know, and it takes every amount of energy to preach because it goes nowhere. And then I've been in places, you know, where you share the word of God and there are people, it doesn't have to be many, but there are people that are ready to hear God's voice and it is amazing. It's like the words of God just soar and they go and, and, and then all of a sudden you just feel God, you feel the presence of God because of few people that are ready to receive his word by faith. And then, I mean, in, in, in Nepal, in China, you know, in other places in the world, we have seen this where you, you're done preaching. And you're like, man, that was a long message. It was like 15 minutes. And then they're sitting there and they want more. They're not done yet. So you continue to talk. And then, like, okay, I'm running out of words. And they're like, no, they want more. So you go down and you have barbecue with them. And they're asking questions about the Bible because there is a hunger to hear the voice of God. 
You know, I'm not saying we need to do that, but I am saying something, that when there's an anticipation for the voice of God on a Sunday, and you come here, and you're ready to hear his voice, it creates such a, 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 an amazing atmosphere. It creates such an energy in here where you can sense the presence of God. And you will be healed by him. And you will see God continue to do amazing things. And I am convinced, and I am still convinced, I know God is not, not done with us. I know God is not quiet. I know God is not sitting on the sidelines and saying, I wish this church was more active or this church was more spiritual. God is not saying that about this little church here. He is so excited about us. He is so excited about your faith. He's so excited about your commitment. He is so excited about your brokenness. He's so excited about your patience. He is so excited about you and you being here ready to receive his word. That is how God is with you. And that's how I know that God is looking down on us today and he is so happy. Pastor Lance, a pastor in uh, upstate New York, he says, right now we are at the center of God's universe. How come he could say that? Because we are here in anticipation with an open Bible ready to hear his voice. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for these words, and we ask that you will speak. Uh, we, yeah, we just thank you for speaking to us. And we just ask that you will continue to speak and do amazing things, that we will not be stubborn, and we will not be hard-hearted, and we will not be rebellious, that we can hear your voice and hear it clearly. Lead and guide each person here this week and the things that they think and the things that they do make your voice clear we thank you so much in Jesus name Amen